Hey, Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor JP here. Hey, we're so glad that you're joining with us on our podcast today. I pray today that this message stirs your faith, that it builds you up, that it draws you closer to the Father's heart, and ultimately that you just feel the embrace of heaven. We would love to stay connected with you and you to stay connected with us. So please feel free to check us out on our website, oasischurchchicago.com, or download our app, Oasis Church Chicago. Also, you can be sure to join with us on our live stream on our YouTube page every Wednesday night and Sunday morning. Now here's today's message. You guys glad you're here tonight once again? Thank you. All right, so I'm gonna stand and then I'm gonna sit back down. Tonight, um, as you guys know, we are in our seven-day fast, right? If you've come to Oasis, if you call Oasis home, we are in our seven-day fast. And I, and I really believe God has been ministering over the first couple days and he's gonna continue to minister and continue to reveal things and call things out of us and call things into this city and into our lives and into our homes. And um, today, one of the things that we are asking for, if you, who, how many of you have read the prayers today, followed along the prayers? I just hope you all put your hands up just for the sake of making us feel good that we wrote them. Thank you. If you have not, I wanna encourage you to go read those tonight. So if you have no idea what we're talking about this, this day and what we've been praying into this day, we've been praying for the Holy Spirit to fill us in a greater measure, that his fruit would rise up in us, but that his gifting would rise up in each and every one of us in his church and in his family. And so tonight, it just, it just made sense for us as we, we were praying for some specific things that we were gonna talk about it and teach us. This is not a normal Wednesday night. We might be here a little bit longer, but at the end of this message, we're gonna go after the, we're gonna go after the Father in a greater measure, okay? But, but here's the deal. This message and this, this thing that we're about to talk about tonight, myself and, and Nick, is, 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 is this is for our church body. This is for believers tonight. And if you're here tonight and you're like, these people are nuts, we are in the best way possible. We believe in Jesus, and we believe that he's working and is moving, and his kingdom is still the most victorious kingdom of all kingdoms. But this topic tonight is for the life of a believer. And this is a topic, when I say the message title, some of you might go, oh, snap. And some of you might shut your ears off. Some of you might not have any clue to what we're about to talk about. This might be the first time, and I'm excited for that. But whatever side you are on, wherever you are at tonight, I'm gonna pray right now that before I even say what we're talking about, that your hearts are open, that all of our hearts are open, that all of our ears are open, our, our eyes are open to see the kingdom of God the way that the word talks about it and the way that Jesus died for us to live. Amen? So can you pray with me right now? Father, I just bless you. I give you praise and honor. Thank you that you're here, that you're moving. Tonight, as we dive into this, this topic, God, Father, I do believe that this topic is important for this house, that you have called it for this house. And so, God, I pray you give us wisdom to speak. I pray that you open up every heart in this place. Father, I pray right now that even before we even go into this, God, where there has been teaching of this that hasn't been right, heal it right now and help us to understand your word the way you have called us to understand it. Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, speak. We pray this and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight, the title of this message is A Prophetic House. Oh, see, there's the kids that are like, yes. <laughs> some of you are like, oh, snap, where are we going? I want to just give us some background, and I want you to lean in today. Um, prophecy is not done in the church. Prophecy is not done. 
And when you hear that, some of you are like, oh, that messes with me a little bit, or man, I've seen prophecy done wrong, and it has made me think it is, it is not for this time. I'm here to tell you that the word tells us that the prophetic voice of his church is still alive today, okay? My, my father-in-law was talking to us today as we were at our house, and uh, he was hearing us talk about what we're talking about tonight, and he just said something of a reminder. And this is a, this is a man that I hold in high regards, and he said, you know, I was reminded of Ephesians 5 where it talks about, um, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. He said, I never knew that. And this, this man has been serving God forever. And he said, I never knew those words. Find out what pleases the Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this at the front end because I believe the prophetic voice pleases the Lord. When it's done right and it's done biblically and it's done in an honoring way. And so I want to tell you guys why we're going into this because during quarantine, um, I, I, was, I was reminded of the call of this house. I think, um, and I have to say Sorry. When you get into ministry and you start doing ministry, you, you maybe get caught up some things that, that really God never intended for you to do. Or you try to make something that the house was never intended to be because you try to please people and you try to get people in through the doors and you try to be all things for all people. That's okay. But when, you were, when I was pleasing man more than I was pleasing God, I think at some points I forgot the mission and vision of this house. And I remember speaking to the pastors and our team and saying, I'm not going back. I'm not going back to what this house was before. And I'm talking this house being Oasis Church. And he reminded me of the call of this house being a prophetic house. This house is called to be a prophetic house that God is moving and God is speaking to us and, and God is, is calling it out of our church and God is calling it out of our church because the city needs the voice of heaven more than ever before. Come on. And, and so I wanna just make a few statements. We want the voice of God to be heard and to be spoken as a church, to build the walls up of the city, of our church, and of people's lives around us. We do not believe any of this can happen properly and biblically without abiding and living in the Holy Spirit and walking with the church. Do you catch that? Staying tied to the church, staying connected to the church, committed to the church, and surrendering our lives at the altar of God. The prophetic voice will not happen properly if you are just out there running and gunning without abiding. And every person should say amen to that. We're gonna, we, we want people to abide in the Lord and speak words of life from that place. We are going to talk tonight about the importance of the prophetic voice in our church and scriptures, in the words of scriptures and the importance of the words of scriptures when it comes to the prophetic voice. I know I'm saying a lot. Guys, hold on. Just take notes. Write them down. Just because we are focusing on this gift tonight instead of all the other gifts that the Holy Spirit gives does not mean that the other giftings don't matter, okay? Like, like, like if, you, if you find yourself hosting parties and not those kind of parties, like Holy Spirit parties. <laughs> Come on, you're like, I'm a good party host. And we're like, well, maybe not that party. That's a good party. But, but if you find yourself in your house like hosting people and, and blessing people and, and being that spirit where you can invite people in for a meal, guess what you have? The gift of hospitality. And that's a super important gift. But just like every gift that can be mishandled, this gift we know has been mishandled and every gift can be mishandled if it's not connected to the Father. 
This is a heavy, deep topic, and we can't tackle everything tonight. Me and my brother Nick, we are not going to ha handle prophecy all tonight. You're not going to walk out of here with the whole book on what the prophetic voice means in the church. Good news is, is tomorrow we're going to record an additional podcast of this, and you're going to be able to listen to it, okay? Okay, and that's not to get a bunch of clicks and a bunch of views, but it's going to help us so that you're not leaving here going, I feel like some things were fragmented and missing. We're going to do our best here tonight. But I want to have a, I want to read a main reference verse tonight. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 5. Write these scripture verses down. This is the one that's going to be the, the foundation of where we're going tonight. But I want you to, to, to write down every verse and reference that we give tonight because these are important for you to go back. Here's what I, here's what I want to get at. We're going to pray. We're going to get through all this. We're going to pray. But you should go home and you should open up your Bible and you should read every verse that we mention. And you should say, Holy Spirit, help me to see this the way you want me to see it, the way that you have written it and the way that you have intended it for your body. Not from some teaching, some theological understanding. I want to know exactly what this means. Okay? 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 5. Out of the NLT. Let love be your highest goal. Whew. Before prophecy, before speaking in, in tongues, before hospitality, before anything. What does it say, church? Let love be your highest goal. If you are not loving people, if you're not serving people in love, if you are not loving your neighbor, if you are not loving the person next to you and you are gossiping about this person next to you, you are missing the whole point of this whole thing. See how this is Bible? This is good. Let love be your highest goal, but you should also, Paul writes, you should also, these are not JP's words. I did not write these words. If you have a problem with anything tonight, email Pastor Jordan at jordan.flutter at Oasis Church. <laughs> but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives. Notice, the Spirit gives these. None of you do these by your own merit. Especially, know what he says, especially the ability to prophesy. For you, if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. But you will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others. Notice that it doesn't say you prophesy so you can build a really big fan base and a really good Instagram following and have a really good platform. What do you do? I am a prophet. We believe those are true offices of the church, but I believe people have created that to build their own platform instead of encouraging, strengthening, others, encouraging others, and comforting them. He continues in verse 5, I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy. Paul's desiring this for the church, right? Who are we today? The church. These words are true today. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues. That, that's, that's Bible. Unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. Tonight, we are going to give you some we believe statements as a church. I'm going to sit down in one second, I promise you. But lean into this. Our church has a calling, and we have fasted and prayed today for the Spirit to fill us, to empower us, and to to help us to be the mouthpiece of heaven more than ever before. Why? So that we can have a bunch of people say, wow, Oasis Church Chicago, they are a bunch of people that hear from God, abide in God, and, and have words of knowledge. No. So that the people around us, inside and outside, can be strengthened, can be encouraged, can be built up. This matters today. Come on, this matters today. So the first thing that we want to make sure that you guys know as a church as Oasis is this, is that we believe that abiding is our top priority. 
Before we talk anything about prophecy, I want you to hear something. We believe abiding in Jesus is the top priority. You do not wake up in the morning to hear a prophetic word for somebody else. Do I need to stand? You do not wake up and desire to be this person that has this gifting and has the spirit living us and to give us. No, no, no. You wake up in the morning and you tap into Jesus. Scripture talks about that. He is the vine and we are the. I hear you all with the map. He is the vine and we are his branches. When we are attached to the vine, we are abiding in Jesus. John 15 talks a ton about this. And being attached and abiding in Jesus, then we know the shepherd's voice. We know what the shepherd is speaking to us. He is a good shepherd, right? Come on, how many you know Jesus is not a condemning God? He is not a God that wants to spite you. He is not a God that wants to remind you of every past sin. He is not that. He is Jesus that loves you, that cares for you, that shepherds you, that watches over us, that calls us out of darkness and into light. I feel God. We do not wake up in the morning to elevate ourselves with a special gifting. Our first priority in this whole thing is, is that we abide in him. We know the Father's voice when we abide. We know what the Father is saying when we're abiding in him, when we're getting alone with him, when we're connecting with him. We produce fruit and we flourish in giftings from this abiding. Catch this. We do not produce fruit and flourish in gifting so that we may earn the ability to abide. Catch that? We're not here tonight saying we need to abide in order to, to earn, earn anything from him. He already loves you. Man, someone needs to hear that. Someone's in this room right now fighting with Jesus right now. You think you've done too much stuff. Tonight, I want to just say this to whoever this is, and I pray this breaks the yoke of sin right off your life right now. Jesus is mad crazy about you. And when you abide with him and you make that your top priority, right? Like, like, like you operate them properly in the gifts of his spirit. You operate as the church body that he died for in the right manner. We, we don't want a bunch of people who live like heathens and then prophesy like angels. I should quote that and give that to Brother Nick. <laughs> you want that one again? Because when you're abiding, you're not running around like a heathen. What's a heathen? A person that's just doing reckless life, living in sin, choosing the world over Jesus. When you're abiding, then you're abiding in him and you know his voice and you know what he's speaking. You know what his word is saying. You know exactly what his character is. You know what his nature is. So that when you're going through the storm, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to preach. But when you go through the storm and when you go through the trials and you go through the tribulations, you don't fall on your face in just chaos and going, I don't know what to do. You know exactly who Jesus is. You know exactly what his word says about you. You know exactly what his kingdom is like. And you know that he's going to see you through. His word does not say he's going to leave you in the valley of the shadow of death. It says his word's going to, what does his word say? He's going to walk you through the valley of of the shadow of death. Do you notice that, church? Do you know that? It says no weapons. The weapons might form, but they're not going to prosper against you. Man, I got to sit down. Yeah, please. Oftentimes, the church has acted like heathens and prophesied like angels, and that's exactly why there's that stigma. Um, and so what we're not saying is that you have to live perfectly. Right? People hear that and they're like, oh, well, I got this and this and this, so I can't prophesy. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that the dominating, the dominating narrative of your life is that you are abiding in the Holy Spirit, that he is sanctifying you, 
that you stumble, yeah, you fall, but like you go back to him and he is taking you step by step. He's conforming you into the image of Jesus. Um, Our second belief statement, we believe that as we abide in the Holy Spirit, we flourish in his giftings. The only place that we get the prophetic gifting is from the Holy Spirit. It's the only place we're gonna get it. And if we go searching for this gift in other places, hello, the world, it's, it's not good. It ends up really bad. Um, and so as we abide in the Holy Spirit, we actually grow in the God-given gifts that he has placed in us. So as we cultivate a life with God, as we grow in the wisdom and the knowledge of who Jesus is, he actually takes that thing in which he gave us and he forms it and he grows it inside of us to a place and to, a, and a, to have an authority that we never could have on our own. And that's huge. That's huge to know that as we abide, our giftings actually flourish in God. Um, and, and just to reiterate, we don't want people to try to operate apart from abiding. You will hurt more people than you help. You will hurt more people than you will help if you try to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit apart from abiding in the Holy Spirit. Third thing, we believe that the New Testament gift of prophecy is for today, for this church, right here, right now. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Now, this is where we're gonna get into a little bit of Bible and theology, and I'm gonna try to keep it condensed. But in the nation of Israel, right, in the Old Testament, oftentimes when we talk about prophecy, we see uh, two main reactions. One, we think like gloom and doom, right? Like, thus says the Lord, I'm going to crush you. Don't act like I'm the only one. Like, you guys know that. Yeah, okay. But what we see is that there's three main offices in the nation of Israel, right? You guys are going to get Bible theology right now. That's great. Uh, You have prophets, you have priests, and you have kings, And what the beautiful thing about what Jesus does is he comes and he fulfills every single role in that that nation. So he comes and he establishes the kingdom of God and he says, I am king, repent for the kingdom is here. And then he opens up the scroll of Isaiah and he says, today in your hearing, this is fulfilled in me. All of the law, all of the prophets pointed to me. That's what Jesus says, it's fulfilled in him. And now, (laughs) this is so good. Uh, He's the priest that constantly intercedes for us on our behalf. He's seated in the throne room of heaven and he intercedes for all of us, right? So Jesus fulfills all of it. Wait, I don't want you to miss that. Get this image as best as you can. Jesus is seated on the victory throne and he is thinking about you. That's crazy. You know what that is? Love. So continue. Yep. And so what we see is that all throughout the New Testament, this gifting is poured out upon the church. So Jesus fulfills it, but there still is a communal people of God, right? We still are God's people. As First Peter says, we're actually not, we're not just a people. We're God's chosen people. We are a royal priesthood. 
chosen nation set apart for himself. That's what, that's what the word of God says about us seated here right now. And all throughout the New Testament, we see that this is a gift that is poured out for us to be edified, for us to be encouraged, for us to be built up. How many of you know the world is speaking a ton of words right now that are not positive? They are condemning. And the prophetic voice is situated so that the church can clearly hear the voice of God in specific situations, that God can directly speak to the heart of both individuals and corporate uh, groups. It, it, the, the, the definition, right? If we could give a definition to what prophecy means, especially today in the New Testament and in, in his church body today, it's a communication of God to specific individuals and to the church through a human messenger, right? So why are we saying this to you? Because we, we know that Paul writes that it should be desired and it should be, it should be happening, but we wanna make sure we're, we're giving this the right, the right way, right? And that we know, we believe that this is a gift still in the church and it's alive today. Someone's in this room tonight, they don't know, they, they don't know I'm going to say this, but um, a couple weeks back on a Wednesday night prayer meeting, um, I was just tired. I was wrestling with some things. I was really like just beat up. Um, and, and they texted me at, at, at the end of service and said, hey, I just sensed that the Lord was, was, was wanting to remind you of this. You looked very tired. You looked fatigued. You feel low in your spirit. And I texted back. My first text back that I deleted was like, I'm great. Don't worry about it, man. I'm good. And then I was like, no, this is the Lord speaking through somebody, even for the pastor. You get this, right? You, you connect the dots. So the, the, the New Testament still shows the gift of the prophetic voice among the body of people to build the church, to equip the saints, to call the church to the standard that Jesus died for, to, to, to call the church to higher things, to remind us that we are royal, that we set apart, and we are a priesthood of a holy... You guys get what I'm saying? Like, like the prophetic voice is not for us to get accolades and get pats on our back. The prophetic voice is to build the church today and if we listen listen if satan can distort this which he has the church loses its power if you've grown up in this long enough if you've been in this wrong if you've been running in this thing for as long as i have you can see where the distortion of prophecy and the prophetic voice has happened among the church happened on the tv right happened in all those places and and you've seen it and gone ah, i don't think that's god if satan can get that he can stop the power flowing through the church and i'm here today tonight to say that's not going to happen in this house I pray the grace of God and wisdom upon me. You need to pray for your pastor in Jesus' name. But I'm believing that the gift of the Holy Spirit, specifically the gift of speaking life and speaking words, is for the church today because we need the power of the Holy Spirit to invade our church. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to preach. You're going to yeah, stay yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, Good If you're taking notes, write these, write these scripture verses down. 1 Corinthians 12, the entire chapter. 1 Corinthians 13. The entire chapter. 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, go read it. All about prophecy, all about the gifts of the Spirit, mentioned multiple times. Acts 2, verses 16 through 18. Write that down, go check it out. Acts 2, 16 through 18. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 14, 32. That's a, that is a specific one that we should really look at. And then Acts 21, yeah, we're gonna talk about that. Acts 21, verses 10 through 11. Okay. So we believe the gift of prophecy is alive for the New Testament today, but we want you to hear this very clearly. This is an important statement. We believe the word of God is prophetic. Okay? We believe the word of God is prophetic. Yes. 
And, and, and we want to acknowledge that the word of God is the standard by which we measure a prophetic word. So is. Holy Spirit is the author of the Bible, right? Uh, prophets spoke as the Spirit gave them utterance. Moses received the law from angels on Mount Sinai, right? All of, all of scripture was originated by the Holy Spirit. And now the Holy Spirit lives in us. The Holy Spirit will not contradict himself. Correct. He will never do that. He is who he is. He will never speak a lie. So when we, when, we, when we weigh prophetic words and when we're speaking of prophetic words, we are always acknowledging that we measure this word by the Bible, by the, by the, by the ramifications and the guidelines that the Bible gives. So what this means is as we pray for the prophetic gifting, you need to know your Bible. You need to study your Bible. You need to know what it says about who God is and about who you are, right? Because what, what, what 1 Corinthians 14 says is that the spirits of the prophet are subject to the prophets. What does that mean? That when you give a prophetic word, what you say, first of all, you're gonna be held accountable for every word that you say. That's scary. Uh, but that, that, that the words that you speak are actually uh, subject to what the prophets have already spoken. What God has already spoken is what gives you the guidelines for what you can and can't say, yeah. right? Yeah, and reminder, the, the, the word is living. That's a good place to say amen. amen. Even the Bible kids, Bible college kids, the word is living. It's breathing, it's active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. This word, when you know it, you speak it. And it speaks with power, it speaks with authority. It speaks with grace. It speaks with love. What happens and has happened, and we've, I, I, once again, I don't, I, forgive me for the personal stories, but I've seen people give prophetic words to me. And I'm like, yo, like, where is that? Maybe not necessarily written, but where's the spirit of that in the scriptures? So catch this. It can be a written thing that's in the scriptures or the spirit and the character of who Jesus is that we get from the scriptures. You catching that? I've gotten words spoken to me, and I'm like, thank you, bless you. And I walked away going, Call, call someone and be like, I, I just got this word. I don't think this is of God. Can you help me? And they're like, bro, that mentor, someone that I trust, someone that I know. Hey, bro, I would just put that one on the shelf and leave it. <laughs> you with me? Is this okay? You guys, I know it's dark in here, but this is super important. We're gonna pray in a moment here. This is super important that we believe the word of God is the ultimate prophetic voice. That we do not prophesy apart from his word. That we do not speak to people against his word. We do not condemn people because his word, what, never condemns anybody. It calls people. It strengthens people. But his word is true and it is prophetic. We believe as a church we are called to be prophetic. That's the fifth thing. We believe as a church we are called to be a prophetic church. Why? Because Nick said it and I want to reiterate it. We are hearing enough nonsense and garbage out in the world today. We're hearing enough chaos and confusion in the world today. We're hearing enough craziness in the world today. Come on, how many of you know? This is unprecedented times, this is crazy times, and the church has an opportunity, specifically this church, to be a church that's gonna go, no, we know our word. We know the word of God. We know what heaven is saying. We are abiding in him. Not perfect, but we are doing our best. And we know that we have words of life, words of healing, words of breaking chains, words of delivering and setting people free. 
We as a church have a mandate. When I was on the airplane, some of you don't know our story. Get through growth track. Know what we're about. Know what the story of this church is. We didn't just one day pop up. Like, oh, let's go start a church. That would have been the, the, even starting a church is the craziest thing in the world. (laughs) I don't recommend it. (laughs) I'm just kidding. That was a bad joke in the church. I prophetically speak there's going to be church planned. But as I was on that airplane ride coming back from New York City, I was on an airplane going out to New York. I had a job. I had a, a place. I was all set up to go help a church plant out there with some dear friends from Australia. I, I was ready. On the plane ride back, I remember sitting on the front row. I, who remembers where you sat on planes ever? I never remember where I sit on planes, except this time. I was sitting on a plane, front row, window seat, right side of the plane. Crazy. And I remember having my head down like this because the turbulence was so bad. (laughs) God, why do we have turbulence? I want to know. I want to talk to him about that. Come on. How many of you know turbulence sanctifies you? I'm like praying every prayer I know. It's like shaking. I'm like, dear Jesus. So I'm like experiencing this crazy turbulence, this storm we're we're flying through. And I'm like, God, if this is right, if if this is you, like make it happen. I apologize for this, but I, I want us just to catch this. And I remember God's voice. And I know when I say that, people are like, what? I, had, I heard God's voice for the first time, like, in this manner, and it scares me to death. Fear, like a, a reverent fear. And I had my head down, and he said, JP, there's enough help in New York City. You are called for this city of Chicago. And we broke through the clouds, and there was the skyline of Chicago. And he said, you have a call to build a church that is gonna be a wellspring of life in the midst of a desert. How do we give people the, the, the water to live in this desert? By speaking the words of heaven. By releasing people with the words that we speak. If your tongue is being divisive and, and causing division, it's not God. We are called as a church to be a prophetic church. I'm not saying that every single one of you are gonna get words all the time, and we're gonna talk about this in a second, but, 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 but just, just maybe just start with saying, you know what, I can start to speak some life among what is dead right now. I can start to speak to the dry bones and say, come to life. I can start speaking to the violence and to the, to the hate and to the prejudice and to all that is happening around me and among us and say, no, Jesus came to live, uh, for us to live and for people to call upon his name and be saved and to be set free, to live in the abundant life, no longer dead, but to live with life and life abundant. Come on, church. I know there's some people in this room that want this and believe this. We as a church are called to speak prophetically. Not just the pastor. All of us together in this. Why do you think we intercessory prayer? Because we're believing God for great things. And so we as a church are called to be perfect. So what does this mean? How do we live this thing out? How do we do this? How do we, how do we pray into this tonight? From the biggest scale to the smallest scale, what, what is happening as we believe prophecy is communicating the heart of God to specific individuals in the body? How do we do this, Nick? Okay, so <clears throat> one thing I want to say before we go into this. Um, <laughs> caveat. Uh, yeah, I know it's getting late. Um, the sheep know the shepherd's voice. So we want to distinguish before we start talking about receiving a prophetic word for someone else, we need to hear from heaven for ourselves. And oftentimes, the reason we screw it up is because we're not hearing for ourselves in the first place, okay? But the good thing is, is that God wants to pour that out and we're going to pray for that. Okay, so four general examples of the way in which the New Testament speaks about the gift of prophecy. So this is God giving revelation to you and to me for someone else, right? The standard gift of prophecy, 
It, it consists of foretelling, past telling, and revelation from God to you about an individual, right? So Jesus, the woman at the well, John 4. You, you guys know that story, right? Homeboy reads her mail. He says, these, these past five guys you've been with, not your husband, right? That's an example of God showing off past telling prophecy, right? Uh, words of wisdom, this is the ability, right? And all of these are in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, right? So I'm like, we're not making these up. These, like, uh, Nick this and is, JP's Bible, this is the Bible. Yes, it's, if we were to go in and go through this, we would be here all night. Words of wisdom, this is the ability to speak into specific situation with divine strategy and authority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let me say something to that. There was a moment, because um, this is real, Every single one of you are gonna face situations and moments where you will try to operate by speaking on your own merit and miss it. But I want us to be people that invite the Spirit of God into situations. Yeah. Every situation, whether it's a conversation with your roommate, whether it's a conversation with, with your mom and dad, whether it's a conversation with your spouse. Come on, how many of you know we need the Holy Spirit as we talk to our spouses when things get hard? But there was a situation that was a lot funnier in my head than anybody thought in Jesus' name. Um, there was a situation where early on in the church, um, I, I went to seminary and I, I got all the things that I, I got. And um, they don't, I was telling one of our guys tonight that they didn't teach me certain things in seminary that happen in ministry. They just don't, right? And so they don't tell you how to handle certain counseling situations when you bring someone in. And there was a counseling situation where there was really a heavy time and myself and, and Pastor Jordan were in this moment together and we, we, we had no clue what was going on. All we could see was it was very dark and very heavy. And it was very, very much like, whoa, do they wanna be here? Do these individuals want help? Do we, we're wasting time. And I said, Holy Spirit, I need a word of wisdom. And can I tell you something? That when we ask for gifts from our Father, he doesn't give us stones when we ask for bread. And he gave me such a specific word of wisdom to speak into that situation that there was such healing, am I lying? There was such healing, redemption, transformation because of a word of wisdom that fell upon that room in that moment. And if I tried to speak on my own merit, I would have just told him to leave. <laughs> like, I'm trying to go home. It's late. Can I be honest with y'all? This is, this, is, this is the church. But it was like, no, Holy Spirit, fill us with words of wisdom. And he did. That's how good he is. You need help. You need guidance. You need discernment. Ask the Holy Spirit. And he gives it. He pours it out. Okay, the next one's words of knowledge. This is the ability to have specific knowledge concerning the intimate details of people's lives and situations. And I just wanted to, it's really hard to like teach this, right? Because this is like, this is you develop your own process with the Lord. But I'm just gonna share a testimony because I think it's super powerful and it gives us kind of like the posture of how we go about trying to learn to hear the voice of God. So. Um, I hop into this Uber ride, right? And all I hear is the name Meg, right? And I'm, I'm asking the Lord, I said, Lord, I want to hear your heart for people, right? I, all I hear is the name Meg. And then we're driving for about 10 minutes and I'm, I'm because you have to talk to people, right? This isn't just like, uh, I just received this and like, I just know information about you. Like I actually have to operate in faith because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Yeah, and love. Yeah, and love. And so I'm sitting there and then he starts talking about the bears and the Holy Spirit highlighted that word, the Chicago bear. And so I'm getting out 
and we're talking about like church and I invite him to church and I just say, hey, does the name Meg mean anything to you? And the Chicago Bears, did, like to those, right? Right, because I, and, I, and I honestly just say like, I'm just trying to hear the voice of God. I'm learning, I don't really know. And he said, no. I hate to see it, Nick. <laughs> so he gets, <laughs> so, so, so I give him my number anyways, right? Because he can still come to church and he can still hear a prophetic word from somebody else and they could get it right. And so like, whatever. He could hear the gospel at church, you know what I mean? Like all these things. He texts me like 25 minutes later. And he said, dude, I just lied to you. I just lied to you. My, my ex-girlfriend's name is Megan and her nickname is Meg. And she broke up with me at a Chicago Bears football game. And I've been depressed for the last three months about it. And he came to church that Sunday, gave his life to the Lord. Like, right? But you have me on this end, right? And I'm just like, I, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm not a master at this. We're not masters at this. And we're gonna get to this, right? When Paul says we, we know in part and we prophesy in part, we don't always have it, all of it, rarely, ever. Yeah, discerning spirits is the next one. This is the ability to understand the heart posture of individuals, their attitude, their spiritual state, and it's crucial for the body. This is a huge gift in the body we can't go into. One time, uh, we had this event at La Katrina, and I'm just gonna keep this, giving Is this all right? Is this all right, guys? If you have to go, we love you. God bless you. Make your way out whenever you need to go. We're gonna stay here for a little bit. Not much longer, but just Not a much bit, longer. Just a little bit longer. We had this event at La Katrina, and, and Pastor JP asked me to share a quick word, and we were up there, and we were worshiping, and this guy walks up to me, and like, I didn't have this wisdom, this discernment, but you know, Papa Bear, pastor over here, is like, there's something off here, something off. And he goes and he begins to talk this guy, talk to this guy, because I'm standing in the front going, to, about to share. And he comes up to me and he starts looking around. And like, the look on this guy's face was like, this guy's best friend had died, committed suicide and his parents owned that shop. And he was saying, he's here. He was feeling his best friend, right? And so he, he was, yeah, he was thinking, he was thinking that he's, he's seeing his friend, he's feeling his friend. And so JP, discerning this, right, goes, talks to him, and bring, kindly brings him outside and says, hey, let's have a conversation. We had, a, we had an intense conversation, and I prayed on it, over him. I laid my hands on him and prayed over him, asked the Holy Spirit to deliver him. Kids started weeping and shaking and crying and just like the presence of God. But this is what happens when we walk in this thing. And I reminded him of God's good. I told him, actually. He, I don't think he ever heard of how good God is and how much he loves him and, and all that. V visions and dreams are another thing that God will pour out upon us, right? We've been asking for this. We've been praying for this, that we would have visions and dreams, not just so that we can have really cool dreams at night and just wake up and be like, that was an awesome dream. <laughs> it's so that you can have visions and dreams for your work for the business ideas that you have, for the roles that you sit in, for your school, for your colleges, for your home. Man, I had a vision and dream for my home recently, and I, I'm not gonna share it, but like, it was so like, whew, I'm pumped. I'm ready for it. 
God gives us visions and dreams. And there's been many times where we both have had, and many in this room, I know, Pastor George, like there's been many times where there's been spot on visions and dreams and you only get a glimpse of it, but you have to share it in faith and believe it in faith. There was a time where Nick had a, had a vision for someone that said, God's wanting to try to hand you a white rose, a white flower, a bouquet of, a bouquet of flowers. And the person was just like, started weeping. And, but he said, like, God's trying to give it to you and you keep turning away and and the next thing you know, the next day, this person goes to a salon and there are white, that day, that day there's salon filled with white bouquets, right? Coincidence? I think not. I don't believe in that, right? I believe God moves in that way, right? And then the next day, she goes to, 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 to this person goes to the office space and someone walks up to, him, to, to the individual with a bouquet of white flowers. Coincidence? Probably not. Like, why in the world would a man get a vision of a white flower being handed to someone to show the love of God to them, yeah. and then that God answers that? Do you guys see what I'm saying? See how that builds someone up? Yeah. See how that encourages someone? See that I can make them go, wow, God sees me. That's what prophecy is. That's why we speak it, because we want God, people to know that God sees them. Doesn't see me, doesn't see Nick, doesn't see anybody that shares it, but sees Jesus. So the sixth thing is this. We believe that this gift should be handled with care inside and outside the church. We just, a few more. This is important. We handle this gift with care. Super important to catch. That, that the whole reason we handle it with care is because we, we want to point people to Jesus. Notice that in chapters um, 12 and 14, talk about prophecy, and 13 talks about love. In the middle of those two things, Jesus writes, Paul writes, through, uh, the Apostle Paul writes about the chapter of love. We all know it, right? The love chapter. Why do I think he puts love in the middle of explaining prophecy? Because that's how the prophetic voice should be, filled with love. And if you're walking around going, I got a prophetic, vo I got a prophetic word for this person, and it's going to condemn them, it's not God. It is the job of the, the office of a prophet or the pastor in the church to go and have a moment with somebody when the Lord impresses something that's hard and heavy on hearts. It is not for you. If you sense something, you come to leadership. You come to your pastors. And you say, I feel like this is happening in this individual's life. Can I share this word with you? And can maybe you pray into it and feel like it. it, 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 it also, what happens in the church is people just think now, well, I gotta just run around reckless and share words and all this stuff. I can get up in the middle of this time, in the middle of someone preaching a message and just start sharing words. That is not orderly and that is not God. Am I, is this okay? You do not get up in the middle of people exhorting Jesus in prayer and worship and start sharing all these things. That is not order. It's handled with care. Yeah. There's been many times where people have come up to me or to Felipe, my, my guy, or, or Nick, or someone, Jamark, and they said, like, I, I, I want to have a word with pastor. I, I feel like something's in my spirit. And we receive it. And, and I, go, I go, there's been times where he said, the church needs to hear this. And I hear what he says, and I go, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. It's not the right time. You guys get this. This is why we believe in, this is so good. This is fun. This is fun. Being a church that flows in this and flows in the Holy Spirit is super impactful and, and important. And we have to approach this with humility. We don't run around on the streets giving people condemning words. We run around the streets to show people that don't know Jesus who Jesus is. So if God highlights something and you keep hearing something, like I just, I heard somebody tell, was it you that was saying you heard cookies or something? Peanut butter and jellies. That's all he was hearing in his head. Peanut butter and jellies. What? That's God? That's crazy. But the person had made peanut butter and jellies with their mother. Yeah. And their mother's, her and her mother's relationship was strained and broken. You guys catch this? 
We transform people. Is this okay? I know we're going super late. The worship team can come back up. We're gonna, we're gonna yeah. yeah. The last thing we wanna say about why we approach this with humility is that the word of God coming to the people of God is always and has always been viewed as the blessing of God being over those people, right? So even in Israel's disobedience, where they turn away from Yahweh and they run after other gods, the prophetic voice was their understanding that though we are running, literally running from God, his favor is still on us. His favor is still on us. He still cares that much. And what's cool is that the Holy Spirit only descended upon offices in Israel, prophets, priests, and kings. And now the Holy Spirit resides in you and me. Think about that. That the, that the Israelites longed for our time to know the Holy Spirit intimately like we do. They longed for it. And so we approach it with humility because God is still speaking to us and it's a sign of his favor and blessing over our house. Handle it with care. Be careful saying, God told me. See, I sense, I'm feeling like God is leading me to say this to you or sense that this is what's happening in your life. Don't say, thus saith the Lord, right? That's how you screw people up, okay? We handle with care and love for people. The seventh thing is this. Yeah, we prophesy in part, Nick said that. We're not gonna hit everything. Just like when I teach, some people are like, Pastor, I have a problem with your message. You didn't touch this part of the scripture. I teach in part. There's grace, right? They're not gonna nail everything. You guys have already been here for an hour and 37 minutes. You're already thinking about when am I getting up and getting out of here. There's a short window sometimes to teach messages and preach messages. We don't nail everything. Same thing happens. You prophesy in part. We want the best part. <laughs> we wanna nail as much as we can, but... Just, just be bold and courageous and do it with love. Seventh thing is this. We believe the presence of God makes our natural lives supernatural. We are not called to live ordinary lives, church. I'm not going back to what was. I'm not going back to coming in and having a Sunday morning that felt really good, sounded really good. How was the worship? It was good. How was the kids? It was good. How was this tear down? Did we tear down in time and get out of the place? Like, was it good? Good, good. Cool. Into our Mondays and we forget about all that God did on Sunday. Because that has happened. Once again, I'm sorry. We should be people that are so in tune with the Holy Spirit that our lives are not ordinary. They're extraordinary. Not to be a bunch of nutcases, not to be a bunch of weirdos that are in the grocery store running around going, I got a word for you, I got a word for you, I got a word for you. Oh my gosh, I got words. Eager beavers, I said yesterday. Eager beavers. We are people of under control of the Spirit and we operate in the Spirit's authority. You with me? but it turns our lives. You wanna live for Jesus in a way that turns your life upside down? Start to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you every single day. Turn our lives from natural into supernatural. And the final thing is this. Once again, we didn't hit everything. Listen to tomorrow. Uh, it'll be up on Friday. It'll be up on YouTube and, and on our podcast on Spotify. We believe eight that we are called to pursue this gift more than any other gift. Paul says it. I did not. Paul says you should be eager to hear the voice of God, to, to know the shepherd's voice, to hear his voice for your own life, but for the people around us so that the edification of the church and the, the people that aren't in the church can come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior and King. Why are we talking about this during this fast? Because I believe Jesus wants to grant this to our church. 
I believe some of you have walked around maybe maybe sensing that the Lord is speaking to you, but you, you haven't heard this before. You haven't been equipped like this. And now more than ever, you're like, man, I have been hearing God's voice. I have been hearing it for certain people and for certain things to build them up. We are going to pray for an impartation of this into your lives tonight. But before we pray for that, I want to pray for something specific. There are some people here that this message is wrestling. You are wrestling with it. You are trying to shut it out. And the reason is, is because the abiding in the Father is not happening. And that is not to condemn. That is to call. It's, call. it's to call you to the Father's heart to abide deeper. 